Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello, and welcome. Today, we are going to be moving on in our Creative Critique Partner Series, speaking specifically about preparing for a critique. And before we do that, we're going to talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do? Oh, so this week, I am continuing working on an edit for a client, and I'm also prepping for ink. And that's what I'm calling my next workshop for the teen writers in my area with my library. So this one is all about the actual writing process, the drafting process. Uh, So it's fun to think through this. You know, it seems a little dull once you've gotten through the preparing part. It seems like, okay, well, you're just going to sit there and write. But I also hope to give them some encouragement and to hopefully get them to keep going to the end because I know sometimes that's a big thing for a lot of of writers is to even get to the end so hopefully that'll be something that I can share and encourage them with yeah and if you can help guide them how to get to the end because I know for a fact that it is an overwhelming kind of response whenever you're looking at a whole project in front of you you know in that capacity as a whole so if you could help them break it down and figure out how to get to specific scenes and look at it like one of those thermometers that they use for fundraisers or something that has like a tick going all the way up to the top until it you reach your goal you know like that is a huge deal is just taking it one bite at a time So, yeah, you're going to be able to really change these kids' lives. Can you imagine if we would have had a you whenever (laughs) we were in college saying, this is how you finish a project? Are you kidding? This is a big deal, and I'm glad that you're doing it. Oh, thank you. I'm pretty excited. I think these kids might be more inspirational to me than I am to them. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. That has always been my experience whenever I've taught, even in college level classes it's like they like revive something inside of me where um you just want to dive back into all of the good things well tell us about your creative week well this week I am working on poetry particularly so on Monday I had a day off and I got to work on a lot of poetry then and getting getting closer um, to the end on this particular project. And speaking of finishing, it's a big deal for me. Um, I'm so excited. I'm still hoping, I'm still hoping that it is going to be a possibility to at least have an ebook out at the end of the year. And um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is a big goal. And I even had like an idea for a cover 
to speak to a cover designer about, specifically to Miss Rachel Ritchie, who has said that she would make room for me this year. So, close <laughs> to the end of the year. So, <laughs> um, so I... I really, I really love the idea. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear. I really love the idea, and I think it's going to go well with the book. And, um, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness gracious. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But let's move on from our creative weeks then and go into our topic. So, so far about creative critique partners, we have learned the definition of a critique partner. We have learned how to emotionally prepare ourselves for a critique partner. We have talked about um, how to know yourself on a creative level. So your strengths and weaknesses, your motivations, your purposes, those sort of things. And also where to find a critique partner um, and how to talk to a person who potentially might be your critique partner. So that's last week's episode. It was a big one. It was a good mm -hmm. one. So this week is another big episode, and this is about how to like tangibly and practically prepare for a critique. And Joy, why don't you start us off? Okay, so once you have found a critique partner, you should take a little time to prepare for each new critique. Okay, one of the uh, tips that we gave you last time was once you do an interview, as you go through that process to find your critique partner, the final step after that is to do a sample critique. So every time you do a new critique, though, you're going to want to take a little time to prepare. So these few steps before diving into a critique will make the process more smooth and effective because they're all about communication. And as we say in our book, Communication centers a partnership. We suggest you first know your theme, motivation, and purpose for your piece and do your best to identify each to share with your partner. Second, you should consider what type of critique you need in order to communicate that with your partner so you're both on the same page. And that leads directly into the third step, <laughs> that's my dog she's dreaming guys I'm sorry <laughs> oh that is precious I know she really is a cute little thing but anyway <laughs> as I was saying <laughs> that leads directly into the third step communication should continue right into more specific expectations you might have for this critique so let's dive in and see what each of these might look like for you so first, you should know your theme, your motivation, and purpose for your piece. This is important for many reasons, but more specifically, identifying your target audience, determining if your piece is clearly and effectively conveying what you want it to, um, and knowing your why behind what you're creating. So in this critique preparation stage, though, you need to make sure that you understand these foundational elements so that you can communicate them to your partner. And so you can do everything in your power first to make sure that they are clearly presented in your piece. So if your partner doesn't know your vision, then they're not going to be able to critique your piece in a way that is going to be beneficial to you and to the project. And that's really what we're saying here. They need to know your vision for your piece. 
Yes, very well said. And you know, this leads to a clearer starting point for your critique partner. So instead of trying to figure out these details as they go, they can be focused on all the other needs while making sure that your stated theme, motivation, and purpose shine through. So before we go any further with our topic of preparation, let's put some definitions, we like definitions, <laughs> to theme, motivation, and purpose. Yes. So the theme encompasses the central topic on which a project focuses. It's the glue that holds all the pieces and the parts of the work together, giving the project purpose. Theme may be an exploration of a broad idea like sacrifice, or it could be something specific like repressing emotions doesn't actually heal them. So that's super specific versus this broader theme like sacrifice or love or <laughs> butterflies, butterflies, <laughs> um, that sort of thing. So uh, that's the definition of theme. We also have a definition for motivation. And these are, again, to remind you, these are QWERTY definitions. So these are definitions that we have found best fit our critique partnership and ones that we have used as foundations for, uh, for critiquing each other's works. Mm -hmm. So if you and your critique partner find more specific or tailored definitions would work better for you, change these up, man. These are, these are yours. We are giving this foundation to you so that you can build on it as you will. So, um, so the definition that we have for motivation is the motivation behind a piece is the artist driving reason, reason for making the piece in the first place. And the definition for purpose is the purpose of a piece is what the artist wants his audience to take away from his art. Um, so the purpose for making it and the audience response that he or she is interested in having. So the thing about this is that with writers, you know, the, the time that a critique takes is different. So we might put these up front for our critique partner to be able to use as a filter as he or she is critiquing our piece. For other types of mediums, though, it might not take such a long time to critique a piece. And so you might want to see what your critique partner is pulling from your piece if it's a short shorter time for a critique to get back to you or you could give these things right up front and and, and give it to them as a filter to be able to look at your piece and, and help fulfill your vision so just gonna throw that out there <laughs> great point the next thing is you want to clearly communicate to your critique partner what type of critique you want from him for writers, this could mean a focus on the character development or a focus on the story's pacing or plot holes or things like that. So this is going to vary from medium to medium for how you uh, would present your needs. The important thing is you need to know the specific parts of your piece that you have questions about. So if your CP addresses that area, you know it's a legitimate concern. And if they don't, then you can ask them after they've had a chance to critique. And either way, your concern will be subdued. So it could end up being that it's just something you felt a little um, unsure of or just weren't, you just didn't get the warm and fuzzies, right? 
but your critique partner might say, no, this was actually a great part, or I, I liked that you did this, or, you know, something like that, or I felt it really worked. Or they may say, yeah, you know what, you have a point there. I kind of stumbled on that, or I kind of wondered about that, but I didn't say anything, or something like that. So communication. Mm -hmm. Yes, communication, communication, communication. Yes. So um, a couple of examples of how this could work is the, um, say you present a piece as a painting or something. So you present a piece to your critique partner and they say, these are the things that I loved about it. And these are the things that, um, I think you might, you might want to think about. This is where your craft knowledge comes in as well, because maybe you would like to see, uh, something, maybe there's an emotion that you could evoke if you change the type of canvas that you're working with. Maybe you try it on metal or you try it on a non-porous paper or something like that to where the, um, the emotion might be something different uh, than what the original artist used. Or maybe your CP has learned a new brush stroke that they think might be perfect for your piece and it's something that you had a concern about or something. But this is where your craft comes in. And, um, and so you've done everything that you possibly can to make this piece the best that it can be without your CP's help. And now it's time for your CP to come in and share their strengths with you and their and look in the ways that they look at it, their perspectives with you so that it could be something big. But the thing is though, if you don't know these big things about your vision, about your piece, if you're just kind of throwing something together and handing it to your CP and say, tell me what you think this is. That's mm -hmm. not a fair to your CP because <laughs> then they're doing the hard, heavy lifting for you. And B, if this is something that you're going to be presenting to an audience, it's really important that you know the motivations, the purpose, and the theme behind it, that you know why this piece is important and should be shared with the world. Otherwise, why are we sharing it with the world? Yeah. That's just a bit of an example um, as far as even when you're going to put that information out there. So mm -hmm. you could say your motivation, your theme, and your purpose at first, whenever your CP looks at the canvas so that if they don't know that at, at the beginning, then they won't know what kind of craft help to give you. Or you could wait for them to look at it, tell them what you see. And you're like, oh man, I was really going for X, Y, and Z. And then they would be able to help you. And I could see the benefits of both of those mm. to see what the initial response is to the piece without having that forethought in their mind. But in some cases, I think that that would benefit as long as you reveal that afterwards and you reveal what your vision is afterwards, and then they can help you kind of cultivate things. But if it's going to take a really long time for your critique partner to handle your piece and to really come up with some, some suggestions and some help for you, then I think it benefits your critique partner and it respects and honors his time if you reveal that stuff up front. Yeah, so speaking of time, <laughs> I want to uh, move into the next part, and uh, this is really important as well. So the craft knowledge and all of this, you know, analytical stuff about theme and purpose and motivation, all of that's really important. But also on the other end, let's talk about some practical things that are also like, you know, chef's kiss whenever you're a critique partner. So to be clear and specific about your expectations for a critique is 
just so great. (laughs) (laughs) So these are things like, when do you need the critique completed? So setting a tangible deadline together that works for you and your partner on a calendar with those expectations communicated openly is huge. Okay. It's huge guys. So if you just hand it to them and you walk away, (laughs) there are going to be responsibilities that come up before your critique and it's going to be pushed to the back burner. Then you're going to get bitter. They're going to not know why you're bitter because you've not given them any kind of expectation onto the critique. Also, if you don't tell them exactly what you need from the critique, Um, then you could get something back that is not up to your standard that you were hoping for. And that again, can make you bitter and and cause negative feelings. Um, We also want to have open communication about how you expect to compensate one another. So yes, we have this definition and we're talking about how a critique partnership is a a, a reciprocal mutual relationship and all of those things. But we also need to verbalize the, how we are going to reciprocate the services that are given to us. And sometimes it can be a critique on an, on their piece of art um, in the same way that they are critiquing you, but let's sit down and put that date on a calendar when you're going to be able to get that piece, when you're going to be able to evaluate it, and when you're going to get it back to them in the same way that that they're doing for you. So those are some really tangible things that are going to boost your critique partnership just by opening up your communication. So be sure you express this out loud in writing or some other way that is something that you could even return back to if there's a question to it um, to guarantee that you both are on the same page. And when that compensation is simply mutual critiquing, discuss with your partner the expectations moving forward. Like May said, how many pieces do you each expect to need critiqued? Are you each able to give that many critiques as well? Clarity up front avoids confusion later. So we found a couple common CP situations that merit mentioning. First, we like to call this the unlucky CP. (laughs) May suggested a few minutes ago that you set a deadline together. Deadlines are how critiques run. Without a deadline, how do you expect to ever get the critique back? Some people really, really struggle with deadlines, though. You might find yourself with a person who never seems to be able to hit one, and they usually always have great excuses. Unexpected illnesses, surprise trip to Bali, a new puppy... (laughs) You know, things like that, all good excuses, but when that happens every single time, there might be a bigger issue, okay? If they're constantly having some calamity fall upon them, hence why we called it the unlucky CP, then there could be some other issues. So we encourage you to be brave and talk about your concerns, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't let it fester because that's not going to bode well for the future of your relationship and your partnership. Yeah, for sure. And we are not saying that you should not have grace either, because Mm -hmm. there are some things that are going to come up that are completely legitimate. But what we don't want is that habit, that pattern happening over and over and over again. But there is absolutely room for grace whenever things do happen and occur in a legitimate fashion. Yeah. 
So the second common CP issue that we've seen is when a critique partner goes above and beyond. Now, this might sound like a great thing, and it is for the other person, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but if a partner asks for one specific thing to be critiqued and the critique partner does way more, it could be quite overwhelming. And that actually did happen to us, and we had a conversation, and everything is all better now. <laughs> so, also, it could become expected, and that's something, too. So in our situation, uh, I didn't specify what kind of critique that I wanted, and so Joy, as an editor, was like, I will edit all the things. I will just edit the content and the grammar and, the, and everything. <laughs> And so when I opened up the document and saw a whole bunch of red, I got a little crazy in the head and just kind of had to step away for a bit. And we've talked about that before on the podcast. So that's quite a short summary of the situation. But ultimately, when I was able to come back to it, all of the things that she said were legitimate. And some of that red was actually compliments and really happy comments. And I just didn't have the brain space to process that at the moment. So Joy and I had a conversation <laughs> and where I shared that I was absolutely grateful for everything that she did and the time that she put into it. And she also kind of proved her love for me and for my piece by spending that time doing the thing that she did. Um, so where I am grateful, I also asked her like, or I apologize for not being specific enough to respect her time because she didn't have to spend all of the time doing the things that she was doing on those piece. And it was because I didn't have the communication necessary with her in order to, um, to, in order to respect her time properly and, and get the response that I needed. So that's one thing there. But, um, but also if Joy were to do that over and over and over again, and I became used to the fact that she was editing on all of these different levels and doing it within the deadline and really her stuff was suffering or her family or responsibilities or something like that was suffering because I had all of these expectations, um, without communication, then the time that she would give me something that was a reasonable critique, I would think it wasn't a reasonable critique because we had set this pattern up without the communication necessary. So you can see how, how it could go either way. It could be overwhelming or it could become a habit. So when your critique partner does the normal amount of work, <laughs> then you might become bitter or vice versa. So, um, so this could leave the recipient frustrated or disappointed in some form or fashion. Another way this could become an issue is when one person repeatedly goes above and beyond and then the other person doesn't stop it and continues to take advantage of that situation and that person and the overachiever tendencies that that person has, which could lead that your critique partner to have burnout and eventually want to end the relationship. So care for your critique partner, observe the habits that you guys are creating together and make sure that they are sustainable, first of all, and second of all, that they are equally reciprocal. Very good. Well put. So I think that brings us to our challenge for this week. So we would like to challenge you to identify your theme, motivations, and purpose in one of your works. 
okay? Hopefully you have a work that you can do this with. If you can think through how you can better implement each of these things in that work and make the changes that you can, you know, see, see what you can do on your own. Um, and then from there, work on being able to figure those things out without needing to rely on a critique partner to tell them to you. Now, I want to make sure that we say this very clearly, brainstorm sessions are wonderful. Okay, that is a fabulous thing. So maybe as you're thinking through this, you know, have a brainstorm session to figure out what your theme motivations and purpose are. But what we don't want is for you to turn something over to a critique partner and you don't have a clue what any of these things are for this piece. You know, so we want you to get to a point where you can start thinking through this on your own, in your own work, um, so that you can give that to them when you when you are asking for a critique. And another thing is when you do get to to this point, or even in the brainstorm session, is a good example. Um, asking the right questions is super important, and this is something we're going to really get into next week when we're talking about giving a critique. Um, the best critiques aren't all telling, okay? It's a lot of asking. It's a lot of, have you considered? Or, I noticed this and I'm wondering, you know, so it's not necessarily just telling the other person, do this, do that. It's a lot more asking and guiding and thinking through together. So, that is our challenge. And then, once you have worked through your theme, motivations, and purpose, write out what type of critique you expect from your partner and list out your expectations. Okay, so even if you don't have a critique partner yet, if you don't have a work yet, I hope that you will be working on a project with this in mind, with these three things in mind, the theme, motivations, and purpose. Okay, and so, as you move on and you're really seriously considering having a critique partner, think about what type of critique you would need, where, um, what feedback you hope to receive, list these expectations and these things out, and then if you're planning to critique his work, you can write these out in the form of questions and then get them answered. Well, I think that that is it. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions, please feel free to send us an email at editorial at logosandmythospress.com. And you can find that in the show notes. And we hope to talk to you all soon. Have a fantastic week. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting cordywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.